Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome in Busted Open Nation to another weekend edition podcast version, best of version of Busted Open Radio here on the Saturday. I am your weekend host, Ryan McKinnell. Got Mark Henry across the way. And Mark, we got a hell of a show for the listeners lined up today. Well, first of all, we know SmackDown was last night, so you know what that means. It's a continuation of the love story between Otis and Mandy. Yeah. You know what, man? I, I I don't know if I've been more excited about a thing in pro wrestling <laughs> in the last ten years, but Otis and Mandy have stolen my heart. Well, we talk about excitement levels, Mark Henry. Well, we got a little bit of an excitement, uh, or a little bit of exciting news, I should say. Finding out last night, Bill Goldberg making his return to the WWE, and he is taking on the one and only Fiend slash Bray Wyatt at Super Showdown in Saudi Arabia. We're gonna get to that as well. You know what, I think, and we touched on it, and I think that people will get a lot out of it when they hear the fact that Goldberg has had a bad taste in his mouth from the last outing, and he wants to get rid of that, and I think we'll we'll enlighten you about how that's going to take place. Well, speaking of enlightening us, we had a very special guest on today's show, Zeta Zhang. You might remember her from season one or episode one. I don't know how we're calling that. The very first inaugural uh, May Young Classic, which happened all the way back in 2017. Zeta was a part of that historical inaugural class, and she's been doing some great things. She's doing work in MLW now. And Mark, she's been over there in China, and she has been putting in serious work, helping spread the love uh, of pro wrestling internationally. She, she's doing a lot. I mean, being an ambassador to pro wrestling internationally in China, as well as uh, just like Tessa Blanchard, she's wrestling men. So she's doing the intergender wrestling uh, with an MMA background. I, I think she's safe. I feel well, sorry for go. the guy. I feel sorry for everybody except you because you are tuned in to the best of weekend edition of Busted Open Radio. That's right. Zeta Zhang coming up. You'll hear from her. Otis, Daniel Bryan, Goldberg. Plenty of good stuff along the way. Get it queued up. Let's get it going because that's what we do. Sorry to borrow your line, Mark. Let's go. The flow of the show was off. Okay. I think that you could have put things in different places. Um the, the design of the show, I think, had a little flaw to it. But the action and every, all the segments, they, they, they worked, other than the fact that I, I didn't like the fact that uh, Seamus just went out there and destroyed. I mean, not it wasn't even a contest. Like, he just yeah. went out there and just beat our guy to death. And well, I, yeah. That was depressing. And I love the girls. <laughs> um, but to have that as a, the finish um, was, I think, a little, uh, I think it would have been good as the pre-main event. Okay. Um, I didn't think there was enough. Um, there was an, I think that if, if Bailey would have actually been in the match, it would have been better. Okay. Well, well, you talk about Apollo Crews going down. He got absolutely squashed. Another note, uh, before we get into the news, the real big news of SmackDown, which was, of course, uh, well, first of all, we got a training montage from our guy Otis, and we obviously have this news around Goldberg. Oh, that, that we're was head so on. good. <laughs> it was. It was. Uh, but another thing that I just, that drove me nuts, uh, I, I don't know what this company has against Cesaro. I really don't. 
and, and I'm struggling to figure out why he is not utilized in a more, in my opinion, proper manner. I think he's I think he's pre-made, not even pre-made. He's ready-made to be put into any big feud. He's ready-made to hold any belt. And last night he lost clean to Elias, Mark. I was, I got to be honest, I was hot, man. You know what, man? Uh, I, I think that I see people going out, and, and yeah, Cesaro has a lot of upside. And probably pound for pound the strongest guy in that company. Yeah. When you break it all down. Um, but he does a great job of showing up and um there's never been a segment that I've seen Cesaro in that I wasn't interested in. If that exactly. gives you any understanding of what I feel about him as a talent. Um it's going to come down to do they think that he is a viable commodity as he is. And some of that is politicking and saying, look, I need this guy. I need that guy. If I can't hold up, then, you know, fire me. Let me go. Because, and, 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 and he, maybe that's not what he wants. Maybe the, the bigger picture is him you know, after his career is done. There's a lot of people that um, they sacrifice their in-ring careers for what's going to happen after so they can have another 30-year career after it's all said and done with. So um, you got to think about that. Yeah, definitely. Well, and Cesaro thing, is definitely yeah. one of those guys that after his wrestling career, he's going to step right into a role, whether it's a producer role, an agent, uh Somebody in talent relations, somebody in international marketing, he is a smart guy, very smart guy. Yeah, and I think that uh, it translates. I mean, it translates in his in-ring, how, how creative he can be with matches. So that's a great point, right? What are, you, what are you planning on? What are your plans as a worker, as a performer in the WWE? So that's a little insight that uh, I never thought uh, to, to, to pin on before. So maybe that's a, for all of well, you out there. we can't put all of it on you. Well, there you go. I appreciate that. But no, I mean, a lot of people it's a think two man like me, booth. right? But a lot of people think like me, right, Mark? They watched right, last right. night. They see Cesaro lose clean. That's a little bit of context. If you are feeling like I was last night, maybe that's something to look at. Obviously, uh, not everything is as crystal clear as we like to think in the business. All right, Mark, the story of the night last night on SmackDown, no denying it. Bill Goldberg makes his return to the company. However, it's not an actual return, right? SmackDown at WWE was telling us that Goldberg was going to be on SmackDown, and I guess they didn't lie, but I think a lot of us thought he was going to be in the arena. I was just trying to think of, like, the people that were actually there last night, how bummed they would have been, or how bummed they probably were to think Goldberg was going to be there, and then it was a video screen. But nonetheless, Goldberg appears, uh, and we find out in very interesting fashion, Mark, that Goldberg is going to be challenging one Bray Wyatt slash The Fiend coming up in Saudi Arabia at Super Showdown. I Just initial thoughts. Uh, what do you think? It's a, it's a big you, match. You know, I think it's great. I think it's uh, uh, a match that we know that Daniel Bryan was not going over there. And this will be a, a suitable replacement and a way to keep Daniel Bryan and The Fiend apart. So... It serves two masters, and uh, I, I look at it as, you know, Bill and The Fiend, they don't have to have a mat classic. They can go out there and beat the living hell out of each other. They can go out, of the, they can go out there and play the hits, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, play the, the Fiend hits and have Goldberg stand tall and have Goldberg hit him with the spear, cover him, kick out on one. Yeah, You know, maybe even the jackhammer gets delivered. Bang. And then you get the one, two, oh. I mean, it's, it's, I see the potential in what they're doing. Well, as we talk about potential, I'm very curious. 
Because this offers another chance for Goldberg to get out there and to make an impression on the WWE Universe. I know he hasn't been overly uh, overjoyed, I should say, with a, with his, some of his recent runs. I mean, we know the last time that they were over there uh, in Saudi Arabia. I know he was uh, not pleased with his match with The Undertaker, and that was all the way around. I, I guess I'll throw the question to you, right. Mark. How motivated do you think Goldberg is to go in there and, and to put on a show for the fans and to, I don't want to say do right by those last matches, but I'm sure, I mean, on some level, I'm sure there's a part of that, yeah? Well, I'm going to put it like this. I know this is going to come to a shock to you and uh, all the listeners, but guys, uh, once upon a time, I had a bad match. And <laughs> it was awful. And it made me so mad. And it, it happened on a Saturday. There was no pay-per-view and no show on Sunday. I was not booked to be at Raw on Monday. And I had to wait all the way to Saturday or Thursday to fly out from home to do a show on Friday in Florida before I could get that taste out of my mouth. Look how long it's been Mm. for Goldberg. Almost a year. You know how bad this has been bothering him? It's been horrible, man. I can't imagine going almost a year thinking, wow, I knocked myself silly and I ended up not having a good match on a big, big stage. Yeah. That would be painful. He's got to get that taste out of his mouth. And the only reason, Bill is not dying for money. It's not like he's out there for the money. (laughs) Bill is out there because that taste in his mouth and that he feels like there's a blemish on his career and everybody's talking. It's like when he walks in the room, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Bill, hey, hey, Bill. <laughs> Silence. That's what he's feeling. I know it. Yeah. I've been there. Yeah. So this is his chance. And I, I think that he's going to go over there and have a match that we're going to talk about with him and the Fiend. I, I don't have one doubt whatsoever. Well, I like that you don't remember that one bad match that you had all those years ago. Clearly, not uh, hasn't stuck with you or anything. Oh, I remember. The days when it happened. I'm just not going to talk about it. <laughs> no, I was. You clearly remembered. You're talking about what state you flew back to on what day yes, it was. How, how many? How many years? How many years ago was this? This was in ten. So ten years ago. And brother, I remember <laughs> it like it was yesterday. That's wild. Like. I'm going to tell you why, too. Okay. Half of it was my fault, and half of it was the other person's fault. And we both had to eat blame for that match. Um, This, without saying too much, this guy stayed up too late partying and came to the building half drunk. Mm. And I threatened to kick his ass which I shouldn't have done. I should have been like, yo, you need to go get a bunch of coffee in you and meet me at the ring and we sweat it out before the match. And I regret threatening his life and it didn't mean for a great communication. Let's just say it like that. And, uh, Stuff happens, man. You just have to sure. go on with it. And, you know, we we apologize to each other. And um, it took me another five days, six days before I could get that taste out of my mouth. It was bitter. It was horrible. And um, I know a lot of guys, you, we, we see matches that are good matches on, on, on Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW. Power, you name a show, in it, um, any any show that you can think of, that there's going to be a match that doesn't stand up to what your expectations are. But it sure. don't mean that it was a horrible match on television. It's just that you know, <laughs> in your heart, deep down, in your heart, you know right. that that was not a good effort, right? And you're stealing money from people. 
And if you have any pride and you love the business and you respect the fans, the last thing you want to do is go out there and shit the bed and not give them their money's worth. And that's always been my philosophy. And it's, I think it's a part of why I was able to have some success in the business is because I care. And I think that Cesaro really cares. And I think that um, Bill Goldberg really, really cares. Yeah. And he wants to go and get that, relieve that pressure on his mind and get that bad taste out of his mouth. I, I can't wait for it to happen. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. All right, Mark, let's get back into uh, Goldberg last night. We find out that Goldberg is going to be taking on the Fiend at Super Showdown in Saudi Arabia. We've got some audio we're going to play for the listeners. Maybe uh, you guys missed SmackDown last night, or or maybe you just want to hear it again. It was an entertaining little bit of uh, business, as we say in pro wrestling. Uh, A little back and forth between Goldberg and the Fiend as the Firefly Funhouse interrupted the Hall of Famer Goldberg. What? This is last night on SmackDown. Breaking news out of SmackDown is William Goldberg is reportedly thinking about challenging The Fiend for the Universal Championship. (laughs) Oh, Billy. (laughs) But that's bad news for Bill because the word on the street is that he accepts. Now, let's go to Mercy the Buzzard with the weather. Day in hell before he loses the Universal Championship. Now, Mr. Goldberg. Dude, I ain't falling for your tricks and save your energy. Intimidation ain't gonna work on me. Well, then take my advice. The only thing I'm taking from you is the Universal Championship. So here's your breaking news The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, you're next! All right. Bill wow. Goldberg. Little little pumped up Foolish yesterday, huh, boy. <laughs> Foolish boy, your silly Jedi mind tricks don't work on me. That's all I can think of last night when Bill said, you can save it. You're not intimidating me. And that is that is the mark of somebody that you actually give a damn about when he can say something as simple as, listen, Put it out your mind. I'm not afraid of anything. And unlike me, I don't like scary stuff. <laughs> so the the fiend kind of scares me. I'm so glad that I've been able to stay away from the business and not be tormented by the fiend. That that would be the worst thing ever. Um, but Bill is not the one. And... Uh, I think that this is this is one of those matches that if it's done right, yeah. it could be one of those that we really talk about and it's like, man, where has this Bill been? Where has this Goldberg been? And, and that's that's what I think he he realizes that and he wants that. And a lot of people don't want to don't don't want to work to that standard. But uh, he's a Hall of Famer, you know. So he's one of the that best. He is. He's one of the best wrestling personalities that was ever created and ever entertained us. So, it's, I'm, I'm excited about it. I, I don't, I don't know if 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 that even that spot did it justice. I think that he didn't have to be in the arena for it to get get over. I think that uh, him walking out of the screen pissed off set the tempo for for yeah. what it is and. Man, Bray Wyatt is just so damn good. I mean, you you talk about somebody that keeps you keeps your attention. He keeps your attention. And he goes into laughter. He goes into anger. He goes into frustration as good as any actor that I've ever seen. And I think that um maybe we'll see both in Saudi. I think that we'll see The Fiend and I think we'll see Bray Wyatt. I think that this this is a way that you can show and add more depth to that character 
and he needs to be schizophrenic. I I, I can see him coming in and out, and uh, that 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 would be very pleasing. Well, no matter what we get with the fiend and Bray Wyatt in Saudi Arabia, we know Bill Goldberg's going to be there to deal with it. Now, listen. Mark, there was a time when, when Goldberg came back, whatever, last year, and he, he is able to shock the world and, and snag the Universal Championship. That's actually what I really liked about that promo because, listen, there were some people out in the social media sphere, and as we know, you can't please everyone, right? But that were no. essentially saying that, you know, why is he getting this spot, yada, yada, yada. You know, he hasn't been on TV for a year. But then Goldberg kind of addressed that in his promo. We didn't hear from it, but um, we didn't hear it in that actual clip. But he did go on to say, you know, I never lost or I never had a chance to rematch for my title. That what that didn't sit well with me. So there is a history there in that regard. And Mark, as right. we talk about history, let's remember Bill Goldberg shocked the world before when he got that belt, right? And I think there is a possibility. I I, I do think that the Fiend is gonna win in Saudi Arabia because I think that's just the logical continuation heading into WrestleMania, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there are other plans. Can Bill Goldberg actually win that match in Saudi Arabia? What do you think, Mark? I think so. I think that this is one where um, you you break it up, and now you take the focus off of Daniel Bryan, and the focus is on Bill and The Fiend for another month, and then now you have the fiend do his thing and he gets ready to uh do something dastardly to bill goldberg and then daniel comes out and rescues and you put right back in going into wrestlemania uh daniel bryan and the fiend so uh, you have to think about layering in order for stuff to be palatable for the fans but you also want it to make sense so People like you and I and Bully and Dave don't come on and poke holes in the theory. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, it's going to be interesting. I don't know. I, I, There was part of me last night that my initial thought was, man, I, I don't love it from the standpoint that I feel like it's throwing a wrench in WrestleMania. Why, why like though? Like, well, I'll tell I you mean, why. Is okay? It, it's okay. a Saudi Arabia show that's happening in the middle of WrestleMania season, and I feel like Goldberg is only there or I felt, I should say, Goldberg is only there for Saudi Arabia, right? They want him there. They get they, they want Goldberg. They're getting Goldberg, right? The question is, is I, I, I just want it to line up with WrestleMania. In ter- I'm talking in terms of cohesion, Mark. Like, I want to see that continue. I want to see Goldberg at WrestleMania. I want this to all be a part of the WrestleMania story because I would hate for it to just be like a... a, 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 a a stop in the way, like a rest stop on the way to WrestleMania, if that makes sense, right? But as we talk about it more, and as you kind of talk specifically about putting it, uh, giving it a little bit of a buffer with Daniel Bryan, and we saw Daniel Bryan snap last night, and we'll get into that a little bit later in the show. Yeah. I actually, I think that's great, right? It gives a little, it gives a little respite to the Daniel Bryan Fiend story, and I really like that. And if you're going to do it with Bill Goldberg, I mean, hell, there's very few people that you can come in and interject into a feud like that where it's going to also, it's going to be exciting, but where I think the majority, vast majority of fans will understand and be on board with it, and as you said, Mark, so we're not sitting here poking holes in the logic of it all. Yeah, and, and that's, that's what it's all about. I think that right. one of the things that bother me in pro wrestling today is we feel like, we're the ones that should be booking. And, you know, we always talk about if we had the pen, if if I was running the show or whatever. Right. But we're not. You know, the, the company is not ours. Uh, so being a fan and having a, a, a vehicle to be able to talk about what you think should happen is great. But at the end of the day, that's not the reality. The reality is, now, Bill Goldberg is put in a spot where he's going to have to go and produce and perform. And I think that he wants to. Yeah. So it's, that's going to give him more of an added edge in making us be like, wow, that was a good decision to put him in that spot. And then why would it be a one-off? He, he don't need to have a one-off. I mean, the best thing that could happen is he wins. So now you could have somebody like, Daniel Bryan and realize, oh, so you have to not be fearful. 
and paint the picture of I have to go in like I'm I'm the I'm the villain. I have to go in like I'm the one that's psycho. Mm. And that's the only you know, the 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 uh the the buzzer said that he has a weakness. A rambling rabbit. Yep. Said he has a weakness. And he paid the you know, the price for it, but nonetheless, there is a way. There's a way. It's been said that there's a way. And every fan wants to know what that is. That's still we like we're talking about it right now. Don't think for one second that when fans get together and they're talking about WWE wrestling, what do they mean by there's a weakness? That the fiend has a weakness. What is that? Mm-hmm. And why haven't they gone back to it yet? In order for them to complete this whole cycle, eventually they're going to have to address the weakness question. What is it? It's, it's, it's like the ongoing cliffhanger for the last two months. Like, let's go. I want to know what it is. Put me in suspense. Make me want to punch somebody. You're upset in sexual chocolate, Vince. Come on. <laughs> Come on, man. Give me something. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll, I'll give you something, Mark. Let's head out to the phone lines real quick before we go to break. I want to hear from Adam in California. Why? Well, because Adam was up in the Bay Area last night, and he was at SmackDown. What would you think, Adam? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you doing? Good morning, good, man. man. How are you? Good, good. Mark Henry, I heard you have a match coming up. Your comeback match versus Otis. Yes, no, let's go. That, that's that's not that's not something that was said. Oh, okay. It looked like <laughs> no, <that>. sir. <laughs> um, I said I told Otis not to fall for all these people's thirst traps. Uh, I wanted to give a a quick shout out to my buddy Amir, another loyal busted open uh, nation member. He was sitting behind the desk giving Corey Graves crap all night. Um, Very uh, good. Last night, last night seemed like it was a. Like you had said earlier, Mark, this show was kind of misplaced with different matches, different segments. Um, I believe the tag match should have been at the end, the main event, and maybe the women's the co-main event. It seemed overall, because of the misplacement, like a lackluster show almost. Um, now, I don't want to – there were really good parts. Otis was amazing. I like Goldberg and The Fiend, but – a lot of the wind was taken out of our sails uh, being there at the SAP Center when Goldberg didn't show up. And I feel like the WWE almost put one over on us, saying that he was going to be there, and then he not show up. And it, it kind of really, everyone after that was just like, oh, are you kidding me? Everyone's looking around like he's not here? So I don't know. But. Yeah, Adam, that was going to be my question, was the, the response of that when you guys did find out that, that Goldberg wasn't in the arena. Because Mark and I were talking about that, wondering what the fan reception must have been like in the building. It didn't – we couldn't really tell on TV. So you're, you're, you're telling me there was a lot of confusion? There was. Everybody was looking around. And when, when you saw Mike up and in, uh, in, when they showed him there, put the mic on his collar and everything, everybody was just, oh. And they were like, no, he's not here. And after that, it was kind of – uh, I don't want to say disrupt, but everybody was kind of really bummed out for the rest of the show after that. The segment yeah, was so good, that, but with him not wow. being there, you were expecting him to come out with the the pyro and everything, and that, that was a big, big letdown, I think. All right. Well, we appreciate the call, Adam. We do. Uh, and, and, and cheers to you and your buddy Amir there for holding it down for the busted open nation. I hope you, you know, uh, other stuff aside, hope you enjoyed the show. And, uh, you know, you got to see Otis live in his training montage. I mean, if nothing else, uh, you can hold on to that near and dear to your heart. But, Mark, that's something we talked about a little bit before yep. the show started. I really wondered what the reception was going to be like when Goldberg wasn't there um, in person. All right, one more caller before we head out to break. One of our favorites. You know him. You love him. He's over there in Nebraska. He is Anthony. What's up, Anthony, man? How you doing? Welcome into Busted Open. And don't talk about food. I'm going to try not to, Mark. I put me on my leash already. Okay, go ahead, man. You, you're welcome. Go ahead and talk about it. I got, I, got, I got nothing for you today. I have something for you next week, though. <laughs> um, All so, right. Real quick, I got is he fight, is Goldberg fighting The Fiend or is Goldberg fighting Bray Wyatt? Because I look at him as two different things, and I can see now Goldberg never got that chance at this title back. What if he beats Bray Wyatt in Saudi, takes yeah. the belt, comes back to SmackDown on Friday night, gets beat by The Fiend, 
or even gets beat by Daniel Bryant. Daniel Bryant takes the belt from Goldberg, and then the Fiend comes back after Daniel Bryant, like full hardcore, you know, full crazy, like everything that right. we're talking about. Them both had them both having a mental break, and like just something wild at WrestleMania, like something off the hinges at WrestleMania that we can't even predict for WrestleMania. And then the other thing is, what about like an Otis and Mandy wedding at WrestleMania? No. Or disrupted something. Something 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 disrupted. Like if it happens and then like Sonya loses it and like, oh man, we could I mean, we're having a lot of fun with this. Why not? Why why not he get us he's gonna get it. We I know he's gonna get his heart broken. It sucks that we say that, but <laughs> it's coming. It's, it's the coming. inevitability. It's coming down the pipeline. It's coming, it's coming down the pipeline, man. Up, but Listen, so man, you've had your heart broke too many times. Let's not dwell on the negative. I have. So, let's don't dwell uh, on the also, negative. Let's let's put some positive energy out there for my man Otis. That, that <laughs> montage was as good as the Karate Kid, the best around montage. Like, oh, like yeah. man, I was loving every minute of it last night. I love you guys. You guys make my Saturday morning drive so great. I mean, Dave and everybody do great during the week, but on Saturdays, I love listening to Rymac and freaking Mark Henry in the morning. So you guys have a great day. Big ups to the Busted Open Nation. Love you guys. Talk to you later. There you go. Appreciate Anthony, it, man. man. Appreciate it. We love you too. Hey, listen, I think the best <laughs> part of that whole Otis montage was him doing the Wonder Woman turn with the uh, T-shirts. <laughs> yes. It was, as, as Anthony I said, it was. so hard. Oh, man. It was as good as it gets. It was one of those moments. I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to be hyperbolic here because, listen, we talk about the show. You guys tune in every Saturday. We love Otis and Mandy with all of our hearts. Like, But but I know that. We're, we, we talk about it every Saturday. But it really felt like last night and as we build towards WrestleMania, Mark says it's too soon. We'll get into that in a second. But as we build towards that, it felt like last night, the trading montage, everything that is happening with Otis and Mandy, it really feels like one of those stories, one of those programs that we're going to look back on in a decade, two decades. And it's just going to be one of those things that we smile about. And I have not heard yeah. anyone say a negative thing about this Otis and not Mandy. A not a word. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music, plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. Our main man, Otis, prepping for his big Valentine's Day date with Mandy Rose. And we got, I, one of the callers said, that, I don't know, I think it was Anthony, but talked about the magic of Otis and the montage that we got last night. It, it did. It rivaled the best uh, best around training montage from Karate Kid. I don't know if I'll go as far as to say it was Rocky Four worthy, but damn it, Mark Henry, it was one of the best montages in the history of the WWE. One of my favorite moments last night from SmackDown. Listen, man, I want to get a royalty check for my man Otis shirts. They need to start printing out my man Otis shirts. I'm, I'm going to buy two. <laughs> And listen, man, I, I'm, I don't know how, if you had this feeling, but when they were doing all the workouts and stuff and the, the jump rope and to see his, his stomach jiggle, I just started laughing. It's like a gift every week that I look forward to is seeing what's going on with, with Otis and Mandy. This this is arguably the most interesting and the most is definitely the funniest of all the segments that happened in 1920. So maybe this might even stand up. You said a decade from now. Let's just think right now for the year. Yeah. If they're going to do something funnier than this, I'm really looking forward to it. This is this is great entertainment. This is pro wrestling entertainment at its best. I completely agree, and it's it's pro wrestling entertainment at its best. Yes, it's funny. Yes, it's entertaining, but it also has, uh, I guess, quote-unquote real-world implications as it keeps getting brought in. I mean, we saw it, uh, this relationship um, – kind of be brought up in the Royal Rumble. I mean, it's 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 also, it's a functional storyline, if that makes sense, which is what I'm really enjoying yeah, about yeah. it. Also, Mark, I 
we talk, I said, is it the one of the, my favorite things from last night on SmackDown? No, that, that, that I should correct myself. It was easily my favorite thing about SmackDown last night, and it has been my favorite thing about SmackDown for the last month, month and a half, however long they've really been hitting this hard. It's, it's hard for me to actually remember. But, Mark, I guess I'll pose this question to you before we get back into what we expect from their Valentine's Day and all that. This, this is a serious question. Is it problematic when a show like SmackDown or any show like that their most the, the best part of the show is comedic relief. Is that a problem, or can that be okay? No, I think it's okay. I think that during the time, like uh, in Attitude Era, you had the most serious uh, of serious wrestlers, Stone Cold and Shawn Michaels and Undertaker. Sure. But Sexual Chocolate had its place. I mean, here we are, you know, almost 20 years later, mm-hmm. still talking about the hand yesterday. <laughs> and there's not a time that I leave my house where I go somewhere and I'm in the public eye and somebody goes, I remember you and that old lady. Like they might, I mean, it's, it's, this is, this is, this has the potential to be one of those things in pro wrestling. So I don't have a problem with it whatsoever being the best thing on the show. And and you know what? From a structural standpoint, we haven't got to the best of what it can be done with them. Now, if what if you get to the point to where there's heartbreak? Where now? Wait a minute! You just said keep it positive. You said don't no no no. I'm talking about wrestling wise. (laughs) In order for Otis, (laughs) Mandy Mandy gets knocked off the apron and she's hurt. Right. And Otis is pissed. He is lost. He is just in a bad, bad place. You can have him be a dominant character on that program. Mm-hmm. And the emotional, we, we, we have an emotional connection right now with Otis and Mandy. That's why it will mean even more when he goes off. The day that he goes off in her honor is going to be the day that we're going to really remember about this whole Otis and Mandy because you can put him with The Fiend. You can put him with anybody on the show. There's not one performer that he wouldn't be able to stand toe-to-toe with and we not care. (laughs) Nobody. Name a person on the show. And if... He is thinking about beating that person so he can get back to the hospital or get back to uh, <laughs> her bedside right. brother. We, we, you, you've created Frankenstein. People always, you know, you, you, we, we talk about historical stories and Frankenstein, the reason that Frankenstein was such a good story is because he had an emotional weakness and he was a monster. He was a monster, but he loved that woman. And that's what you can do with Otis. And I think that um, it's not long from now. I think that there's an emotional tie now. And the Valentine's Day thing is going to be the thing. Now, what's going to be painful is what's going to happen with Tucker. Is Tucker going to be have to have to go out on his own? Right. Because now he's got Mandy. Now you 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 have a um, a macho man and Miss Elizabeth. Yeah. So well, you let them go be them. Tucker is going to have to find his way, and you, you can talk, write that yeah. story. Yeah, the, you talk about going out on your own, and that's gonna that's a very interesting sort of thought process. And I want you to hold that before we're gonna go to break, because when we come back, I'm gonna ask you that question. I'm gonna let the nation chime in as well as emotions build, and as yes, maybe Tucky has to go out on his own, Tucky, but also right. If Otis goes out on his own, you talk about that emotional connection that we now have with the character, right? Clearly, the whole universe is behind Otis. We are emotionally invested. Would that? Right? Would that, or could that, I should say, potentially lead to a singles run for Otis? The possibilities there. The universe Ooh, is behind yeah. him. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app.
We have a very special guest joining us right now. You've seen her. Well, you definitely seen her in season one of the May Young Classic, that inaugural tournament back in 2017. But since then, well, she's been all over the world. She currently resides in MLW. And, yeah, she does some work over in China as well. She is the great Zeta Zhang. What's up, Zeta? How you doing? Hey, hey, how's it going? Uh, it's, it's going well. I, I overheard a little thing. I overheard that y'all were trying to have me sing on here, but you know what? <laughs> I am actually sick. I am sick, so I too bad you lucked out today, Mike. You lucked out. <laughs> no, I feel like I'm being, I think I've been cheated because I heard your voice, and I know how I know how great it is. And I would never put Aww. you on the spot and want you to sing live. And 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 just what I was saying before is, can you give us a link or tell us a link to um, the song that you sang during Christmas time that I thought was so awesome? And I, I love seeing. Oh my pro gosh, wrestlers. that one! No, that I love seeing good. pro wrestlers that have other talents. <laughs> When you oh, when you have other you. talents and you have a comedic well, presence, I love that. I see the videos on social media. Uh, you're very funny. You have a great sense of humor, and for somebody that's as tough as you are and that can actually fight, like it's always good to see people <laughs> have, like you know, just multiple talents and uh, have versatility in in, in uh, how they relate to the fans. Well, I mean, I see it all as art, so it's all under the art realm. I just love art. That's what I started with, so that's, like, my background. So, yeah, it's oh, okay, singing, awesome. drawing, painting, sculpting, all that. <laughs> Cooking. Cooking. If I oh, cook cooking live, is definitely oh, now, an art. Now, 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 now she's going to start talking about food. <laughs> what was that, Zayda? I have Zeta? not eaten. I have not eaten in, like, since Tuesday, because I've had this damn flu. Uh, I'm not allowed to cuss on here. Oh, man. <laughs> I, got, I got a damn flu. I'm, like, dying right now. So this is why I sound like this. So I would sing for you, but I sound like crap. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, sound, you sound fine. Don't worry about it. Hey, you were talking about art, right? You like art. You like, uh, you know, painting and being creative. You also, you like the martial arts. And that was one of the... Uh, you know, one of the things I remember going back to that 2017 May Young, that was something that the WWE wanted to highlight. I know it's a, a part of what you make in terms of your repertoire, right? You're very um, you're very MMA-centric. I'm, I'm curious. I mean, I saw photos with you with Anderson Silva. I mean, I know you actually put in the work. Um, I'm just curious about your time in mixed martial arts and how it kind of, I don't know, shaped you as you make this next adventure into pro wrestling. Well, it's crazy. Uh, I First of all, I did not come from an athletic background. I was always an art girl, like a quiet, shy, little art girl that would just sit home and draw all day and had no friends. But Oh, stop it. <laughs> I, yeah. I but, just you know, don't see it. Been... <laughs> no, I legit had, like, no friends. And I um, just grew up watching martial arts movies, always been interested in, like, fighting games. I, my first video game I ever played was Mortal Kombat. So yes. I love Mortal Kombat. I was, that was, like, my one of my favorite games ever. So I got really into that, but I never had the confidence to do any type of martial arts. And what was offered at my uh, in my hometown at the time was like karate or taekwondo and they have to do a lot of screaming when it came to doing the forms so all the huh, ah, hey, you know i i was too <laughs> self-conscious to do it at the time so i never did but um i've always been interested in wrestling because i actually started watching it when i was four uh, I watched it because my grandma was the one that got me into it. So mm -hmm. the funny thing is, uh, my grandma, she she doesn't know any English. And at the time, even though I was born in the U.S., right. I didn't really know English either because uh, my parents, they were too busy working. Never, they were, they didn't have the money to afford a tutor. So I never learned English at the time. It didn't take until I was like six, until I started picking it up at school. But at the time, I didn't really know what I was watching. I just know I enjoyed 
uh, wrestling, and I didn't really, like, I thought of it as this is fighting. So this is fighting, and then the the funny thing is I was watching both pro wrestling and I was watching college wrestling on top of that, too. And I didn't really know the difference between the two, except for I thought the <laughs> college, uh, the Olympic and college wrestling, I thought they didn't have the budget. So I'm like, oh, this is the crappiest That's show. Awesome. Because <laughs> they don't have the and the That's awesome. The <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's so good. That is. So I'm that like, is. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, they got the money for it, so it looks like crap. <laughs> and so I was thinking it's a pro level, you know, like any other pro sports. So I ended up um, having an interest in wrestling, and I tried to go out for the wrestling team. Finally, I got the courage to try and go out for it in eighth grade. But at the time, I was sent away to a boarding school because by then my parents, they started getting better with their business. They were able to send me to private school here and there. And honestly, I kind of got in trouble, too. So, so I got sent away. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's what boarding being a kid's school. for. <laughs> I yeah, told you was she like wasn't a- shy. That it was a work. <laughs> no, I was, I was very shy. And rebellious at the same time so i'm like screw this you know end up getting sent away to boarding school and next thing you know i tried to go there but school told me i wasn't allowed to wrestle because i was a girl um it was a military school pretty much and it was mostly guys there yeah it was like mostly guys it was one of the one of the 30 girls that was there in the whole school so then um Finally, in college, I went to college. I went, so a little background about where I'm from, Charlottesville, Virginia. It's actually, it was rated number one best city to live in in the U.S. back in 2010 on USA Today. So it was considered a very safe city, had a great, has a good college, uh, UVA over there. Um, But I ended up going to art school, VCU, which was up in Richmond, Virginia, and back in it was rated one number one murder city in the U.S. for like four years in a row back in uh, 90s to early 2000s. And when I was there in 2007, it was still rated like number four for like the highest murder rate. So because of that, I went there, you know, I went really naive. I didn't. I'm from a place where you don't really have to, like, worry too much because it's such a little town. There was only, like, Mayberry. I think 10,000 people when I was growing up. So then I go over to this big city that has such a high crime rate. I went there really naive, thinking nothing's going to happen to me. And next thing you know, when I went up there, it was a few rude awakenings. But one of it was really scary when... It was my first Halloween there, and I was supposed to go to a party. And when I was trying to get to that party, this was before GPS units. You know, you didn't have a GPS. Right. There was no Google right. Maps, whatever. So my friend, she's on the phone with me. She goes, oh, yeah, you just take a left over here. And I, she gave me the directions that was, like, not very accurate. So I was like, uh, I'm not really sure if you're supposed to take a left or right here. Are you sure? And so she said for me to wait there. She wouldn't get someone to come get me. Next thing you know, uh, this dude pulls up and he waves his hand out the sunroof window for me to follow him. And I poked my head out and I was like, hey, did I just talk to you on the phone? I never said anything about party. I just asked if I talked to him on the phone. And he was like, yeah, the party's over here. Follow me. He just knew I was going to a party and guessed that, that that's what I was doing. And so he pulled up I go behind him. Next thing you know, I realize there's another car behind me Uh-oh. that was also, yeah, that was also following, and there was four dudes in there. So I'm trapped between five guys, and you know it wouldn't be so bad if it was a burger place, but it's not. There's five guys that's randomly taking me down some dark alley, and right? they freaking brought me down a dark alley. And I'm stuck in between these two cars. 
because it's a very narrow, long alleyway. And so my dumbass at the time, I was just like, all right, uh, I think this, these are the people who's supposed to take me to this party. And I'm like, so this is where the party's at. And he was like, yeah, this is where the party's at. And I called my friend. Well, he didn't say it so, like, happy-go-lucky. He said, yeah, this is where the party's at. <laughs> so I called my friend, and I was like, hey, I think I'm here. I'm here is like, flashing my lights. I'm like, I think I'm in the back. And she goes, I don't see you. And after, I felt like it was a good, it felt like a good, like, 10 minutes had passed. I was just like, how do you not see me? And then I started getting this weird feeling in my stomach because I asked the dude again. I'm like, so this is where the party's at? And he was like, yeah, this is where the party's at. And I looked at my rearview mirror. And I see the four dudes in the other car behind me with all the lights off, like slouched and waiting. It was like they were waiting on that dude to do something before they all jumped out to do, do something. And so I oh, knew man. there was something wrong, but I couldn't get out of the situation. I've never been in the situation. I've, I wasn't prepared even mentally to be in the situation because I just grew up so naive. Right. And then... Next thing you know, I was thinking, I need to just find a way to stall for time. So I just, I couldn't think of anything. And all I could do was keep asking the same question, like, oh, uh, this is where the party's at? And he keeps telling me, yeah, it's where the party's at. And when my friend, who was on the phone, she overheard his voice. And she goes, who's that? And as soon as she said, who's that? I freaked out. I lost my cool. And I go, what the F? Is this not who you got to come get me? And he's standing right there. I had my door open, my windows rolled down. He's standing like three feet away from me. So, of course, he heard me. And he goes, what, what, what? You don't believe me? And he gets up in my face, like all up in the window. And he goes, you don't believe me? If you don't believe me, go back where you came from. And I was so lucky because so that alleyway i was trapped in between the two cars that alleyway was only wide enough for one car and it's a long alleyway there's no way i could have gotten out i would have to slam into their car and push it all the way to the other end to get out but i was so lucky that where i parked the building was a little bit shorter than the other two buildings so it was kind of dented in so because of that i was able to and the car behind me was that uh, behind me enough where I could back out and do this little C turnout. So that's what I ended up doing. I shut my door and I freaking did a little C turn and got out. And wow. later that, yeah. And you know, the funny thing that made it more scary was later that week, like I heard there was a gang rape that happened on school campus. So I was just almost wondering if it was the same thing because that thing was going around very often. There was always gang rapes or rapes or shootings or stabbings. And it really just woke me up to the realities of how things really are. And I realized I had to be more careful. So it was because of that I ended up doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And the reason why I took ah. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu there we yeah, go. I did it for self-defense, and I picked Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu because of the wrestling I never got to do. So I'm like, oh, this right. is the closest thing to wrestling. So it's not like you just jump onto the wrestling team when you're in college. You have to, you know, be accepted on. So it wasn't through – it was through uh, Jiu-Jitsu that I ended up doing martial arts but it was through that that led me to MMA. And then I ended up getting tricked into my first MMA fight. <laughs> so, like, it's, it's a long story. So, um, yeah, I started doing jiu-jitsu. And what happened was I picked it because it was the closest thing to wrestling. And I really wanted to wrestle, never got to. So it was, like, my thing to do. But the thing is, I'm so I, glad that, that you got to pro wrestling. I know. It's crazy because literally it just came full circle, which yeah. I never thought would happen because it's like the whole reason why I ended up going this route was because of 
watching pro wrestling and martial arts and all that, which is what got me interested in that. Because I was never really interested in the taekwondo and karate and really the striking that much. I was always more a grappler. I was always a grappler. I enjoyed grappling. Did your so, did your, your grandmother get to see you wrestle? Sadly, no. So the thing with wrestling is I watched it from four all the way till I was 12. So basically when the attitude era came around, I had stopped watching it because my grand, we, it, it was like our thing. It was like our bonding thing. And she ended up getting Alzheimer's and it got really bad around when I was 12. So I didn't really watch it. And then when she passed away, when I was around like 15, 16 is when I completely stopped watching it altogether. And in my I mind, yeah. uh, pro wrestling was what, was left off in my mind at the time. So I was like, oh, you know what? Let me do jujitsu. And later I ended up doing amateur wrestling uh, when I was at an MMA gym and like Greco-Roman and freestyle and folk style, all those styles. And I was like, okay, let me do those because that is the only way for me to do wrestling because I didn't believe that I would ever get looked at by WWE because I thought they only hired Olympic wrestlers. So I'm like, I have no chance. <laughs> I have no Little chance. Did you know. so Little did you know. Little did I know. Little did I know. Right, right. Here with, know. here with Zeta Zhang. She, uh, as she said, uh, has wrestled for the WWE. She's a part of that 2017 May Young Classics with uh, was absolutely stacked. Now wrestling for MLW. And, and, and Zeta, one of the really important things that I think you're doing that I think our listeners will be very interested to hear, that you're doing a lot of work over in China. In fact, I think you were just, I was looking at your match record, you were just over there in November. Uh, you talked about your parents not speaking great English. I mean, you're, you're over there now in China. You're being an ambassador for the sport, for the business. You're helping push it. That has got to mean a whole lot to you, given your upbringing and given your history and, 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 and just given the place of, I just I would say, people of color in professional wrestling. And then also just the, the, the fact that China, I would imagine, doesn't have uh, a big following yet. And the fact that you get to build that, it's got to be very exciting. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it, it's crazy because I never thought it would ever be like this. Because to me, it's always been something that's been around. I never even realized that other countries don't even really know about it that much. Like, they do, right. but not really. Right. And I never thought I'd be in a position to be able to help build that. And it's really rewarding because I feel like pro wrestling is such a unique niche of entertainment. You know, it's like a mix of every type of entertainment combined in one. And it's just a shame to not be able to see another country get to enjoy something that's so big in mm -hmm. other places, such as here. So it's been really nice, and I feel like they are pretty accepting of it. Um, you know, I've been to a lot of different companies out in China. Like, basically, all the companies that have been in China, I've, I've pretty much already talked to all of them. It's like they're all connected, you know. So right. it's like everyone tries to do it a little bit different. You know, one, I was with OWE for about three months. Um, back in 2019, beginning of 2019, it was like the end of 2018 to 2019. I was there about three months and, uh, they have their style of doing things. And then I was with this other company that's CK one and they have their style of doing things. And now I'm, um, I'm mostly with MKW middle kingdom wrestling out in China because, they it's ran by um american guy who really watches wrestling so he really understands it and i feel like it's a better way to really push it and i feel like he knows the direction to help push wrestling out in china and plus he he treats all his wrestlers really well so i go back there on the regular i'm one of their regular people on the roster so I go there a lot and it's been nice because he brings in not only American fans 
and people who watch wrestling from other parts of the world, but also um, Chinese fans. So it's a nice mix of the two, which I think is very important because and it's always I'm good wrestling. to have a mix. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, Zeta, it, it definitely uh, needs a mix. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.